Blog Talk Radio. Matthew, I'm of course William Ramo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, what's up? How's it going? I'm good, man. Glad to have you on the show, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, of course, I'm I'm also grateful, equally grateful for you guys for tuning in. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening uh, to this episode of Sports and Legend. Uh, we're going to talk about you know the Yankees uh, playoff race as they try to catch the Red Sox for the the AL East division. Uh, we're also going to talk about the current state of the Mets um, as they were battling the Marlins, and they're, they're, they're uh, going to have that one game against the, the Yankees, the makeup game. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. We'll talk about preseason and how Saquon Barkley did in his debut with the Giants and, of course, Sam Darnold's debut with the with the Jets on Friday night. And uh, we're also going to talk about WWE, the latest in WWE, uh, what's going to happen to uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, longtime manager, Paul Heyman, after uh, Brock Lesnar attacked him almost two weeks ago. So we're going we're gonna to dive into that as well. But most importantly, you know the number is 917 917- Three eight eight four one eight nine. That's nine one seven three eight eight four one eight nine. So feel free to call and uh, let your thoughts be heard. Uh, but with that said, uh, let's let's uh, talk about the Yankees. And uh, yeah, the Yankees. You know they they you know they're they're playing a lot better. You know after they got swept by the Red Sox last week, the Yankees. You know they they've been uh, bouncing back against the uh, the Rangers and uh, and uh, they won earlier today. Five three, you know, with Lance with Lance Lynn on the mound, a guy who was rumored to, to to sign with the Mets in the off season, but he's he's looked pretty well as a as a Yankee thus far. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the current state of the Yankees and Lance Lynn? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, after that sweep uh, in Fenway against the Red Sox, you know, uh, it was a lot of Yankees were devastated. It looked like, you know, Yankees were about to collapse. But they, uh, you know, after that that uh, losing streak, after being swept in Fenway, they did go on to win four in a row. Um, and they did lose uh, to the White Sox, not the White Sox, the Rangers last night, 12-7. to You had that rookie mm-hmm. Ronald Guzman hit uh, three home runs in front of right. his family in the Bronx. And uh, he said he made history by becoming the first rookie to hit three home runs in a game against the Yankees. And uh, a home run in each of his career games against the Yankees as well. <laughs> so that was a historic. Uh, he's had a historic season as a rookie against the Yankees. But mm-hmm. um, Yankees ended up getting revenge today with Lance Lynn on mound, who's pitched very good for us so far. You know, he's mm-hmm. pitched two games. He's had um, he had eight strikeouts today, um, and you know he's only given up I think one earned run. Um, in two in his two starts total, so 
so far so good for Lance Lynn. And uh, we have um, Miguel Andahar uh, had a two-run home run to help us win the game, and he's been hot during the month of August, the month of August. You know, him and Stan have been pretty much carrying the Yankee offense ever since Aaron Judge and um, Gary Sanchez went down. So uh, those two guys are really helping out. But uh, Yankees win. But the Red Sox, unfortunately, they keep winning. So right now the division, um, Yankees are back nine games. The division is going to be tough to catch. I mean, you know, uh, unless the Red Sox make a historical – it, it, unless they there's a historical collapse with the Red Sox, I don't know, man. Yankees might have to settle for the wild card right now. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, it doesn't look as great as the Yankees are playing uh, all season. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's too little, too late. I think the Yankees will will come within two, maybe maybe a game of tie uh, a game within tying it. But I think Red Sox is just they're just too strong, man. Uh, and uh, Yankees is gonna give you know Yankees gonna be you know a scary team to face in the in the in, in a one game playoff. You know definitely, definitely. You know we will have reinforcements back. You know, so yeah, you know we just gotta get uh, healthier and you know uh, get back on track. But right now, yeah, it looks like uh, it'll be the same thing as last year. We, we gotta have that one game playoff and then hopefully win that and then make it on. Going to the postseason. Yep. And as usual, you guys, you know, you guys always get my wish list of players, you know, because uh, I wanted I wanted the Mets to go after uh, Arietta, but most likely I knew Mets wasn't gonna pay the money to him, so I was hearing rumors that they were gonna go after Lance Lynn. I was like, you know what? Fine, Mets should go after him, you know, because, um, you know, he has, you know, he, you know, he's a, a former All Star. And um, not to mention, he's a world champion with the Cardinals. You know, he's a durable pitcher because they were looking for a replacement for Cologne. They wanted a, a Cologne-type pitcher, a durable a guy who goes deep into games, innings eater guy. And instead of getting that, they got uh, Jason Vargas, who has a currently has a, a ERA over eight, and it mm. lowered his ERA lowered because earlier in the season his ERA was in was at 32. So. I mean, he's pitched. He pitched. A, he's pitched a little bit better, but he's improved to ERA of eight. So that just shows you how bad he's been all season. So, well, you know, Mets. You know, they should have done more during this trade. You know, before the trade deadline. You know, they probably could have got Lance Lynn if they offered. You know, offered some type of package. But you know, at the end of the day, you know. You know what can you say? You know, I, no, I did not. No, I, I want them to sign him as a free agent. I didn't want. I didn't want them to trade trade for him because I mean, one, who who are you gonna give up? You know, Mets don't right. have Mets don't have Mets don't have that much prospects. I mean, before they made these these few trades, the the, the Cabrera trade and the familiar trade, they were like ranked twenty six in baseball. As a mm. result of these trades, now they're like ranked I think nineteenth out of the thirty teams. So they've improved a bit, but not the way they should be. The way how they're very thrifty, you know, when it comes to spending money in the off season, uh, with the exception of Vargas and um, Jay Bruce and some other notable players in the past, you know, the, the Mets rarely spend the money. So with a team that 
you know, is so dependent on their prospects, the Mets should be at the minimum a top five, top ten team when it comes to drafting, especially when they live in the same town with the Yankees. And even more importantly, teams in their division, like the Braves, the Phillies, the Marlins, they draft way better than the Mets. And you can even throw the, the Nationals in that, in that instance as well because they, they you know, they, because of their losing seasons, they, they were able to draft Bryce Harper, who is a free, uh, impending free agent. And then, of course, you got Strasburg, who is, uh, of course, he's, you know, injury prone, but when he's healthy, this guy is a, you know, a beast on the mound. So, right. you know, the Mets, they really, they really, they really need to improve on the, you know, uh, uh, in the, the drafting situation, the drafting situation with their organization. And that's why there's, there's rumors that, you know, Mets might go after, you know, some, some people, you know, who, who are associated with the, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Red Sox, you know, so, ho- ho- you know, hopefully they'll, they'll get the right, the right guy in, or woman. Cause uh, Kim Nag, Nag I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. She was in the Dodgers organization. She was formerly, she formerly worked for the Yankees organization. She would be the first woman GM. So in that case, as long as they, they hire the right person, male or female, as long as they could put the Mets in a, in the championship caliber, category the mess gotta do it yeah you know whatever whatever is the best you know whatever is the best thing for the mets you know the mets definitely need to improve in a lot of areas right now oh yeah no doubt about that but i feel they they shouldn't give up on the pitching because pitching is pitching is the, the only few strengths that they have on this team so i i wouldn't give i wouldn't easily give up on their pitching yeah, I agree. You know, but I haven't heard much. I haven't heard much of her. Um, is she, I mean, is she a very prominent, you know, person that teams are going after right now? Or, uh, those, I mean, those are those are the rumors that you know she's you know they, they, uh, uh, they people have had rave reviews about her, thinking that she's a, a team of the future. And uh, Joe Torre, um, if my memory serves me right, raved about her, but oh. so far no one's given her opportunity yet. So uh, I'm just me personally. I'm hoping Mets could get the right person for the job, and ideally, um, I would hope they'd get somebody with you know with more experience. But as long as yeah. they get the right person, that's all that matters. Uh, here's the names that they're that they're they were thinking of. There's uh, Ben Charrington. There's uh, Michael uh, Chernoff, Dan Duquette, who's uh, uh, Jim Duquette's uh, cousin, Jim Hoyer, Dan O'Dad, and uh, Jared Porter, to name a few. And the, some of these guys, you know, they had success with the um, with the Red Sox, with the Cubs. You know, they've been all, all over the place. And there's even a guy who I think he's 68 years old. He's, he's He's an associate with the Cardinals. Uh, there's rumors that maybe Mets might be leaning towards him because they want to they want to move away from the analytical because uh, they've been you know very analytical heavy you know because of Alderson. Oh, what are you gonna say? Right. Oh no no no! I was gonna say um, well I mean who do you like as a Mets fan personally? Who would you prefer to be the next Mets GM? 
Um, yeah, I would. I mean, I would prefer anybody with experience. Um, like the guy from the Cardinals, uh, I forgot his name. He he seems like a perfect person because you know Cardinals, Cardinals and uh, you know Yankees, you know they're the two successful franchises in baseball. You know they got the most titles in their respective uh, leagues, and of course Yankee overall. As you are a diehard Yankee fan, already know that. Um, yep. So it would be it would be um, they can't they can't mess this up. They gotta they gotta get somebody who's a surefire person. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they yeah, gotta definitely. get this right. Because Mickey Callaway, you know, he was you know he he was a great pitching coach with Indians. And everybody thought, especially especially Terry Francona and Sandy Alderson, who hired him, among many people, they thought he would be able to make the transition as, you know, from pitching coach to, you know, rookie manager. And, of course, after that 11-1 start, everything fell apart for the Mets. Yes, injury plays a part of it, a huge part of it. But, you know, him transitioning from the National League, to, from the American League to the National League and, being in this spot, not to mention not having a, a veteran bench coach, you know, I, I think that that plays a major role in, in the, the failing of this team. Yeah. And the Mets didn't, all this and didn't get acquire more, didn't get enough players, good players. And the players been injury prone. And that's why this team is, you know, in the mess it is. So now they have a, they have a first baseman, Peter Alonso, who has like 27 home runs and has 103 RBIs down in the system. But it doesn't even look like they might call him up, not even in September with a call-up. So who who knows? I mean, you know, I, oh, what were you going to say? You, know, you, you were mentioning injuries. Uh, tell my injuries, uh, I hear that David Wright wants to make a comeback. Yeah, I heard that too. You know, I, I'm, that's very hopeful. I mean, last year they he had a um, – he was expected to come back, but he had a setback, which shut him down. So he hasn't played since, uh, I think, um, May 27th or something like that. May, uh, he, he hasn't played since May, May of 2016. So it would be great to see him back, you know, back, you know, in a game. Apparently he played, he played five innings. Uh, I think it was either yesterday or today. Played third base, you know. Yeah. As, as of right now, everything is good. But, you know, with the Mets – you you could, everything could be fine. You wake up the next morning and then you hear someone's on a is on the DL or have a season-ending surgery or something. So as of right now, he's fine and you know God only everything will be all right with him and you know he'll he'll be able to you know play a little bit this season. Hopefully he won't exert himself because this season's a lost season. You know most importantly we'd need him back for 2019 because obviously they're not gonna go after Machado even though that's the move they should make if they're serious about winning. But unfortunately the Mets aren't serious about winning because now they're thinking about doing a six man rotation just so they could keep Vargas into the rotation. And like I said, this guy has a, you know, an an, an eight uh, ERA over eight. So, I mean, if Mets were serious about winning, you know, Vargas wouldn't be in the Vargas would not be in the rotation Wilmer Flores wouldn't, wouldn't be playing, you know, even though he's a defensive liability. I mean, he is clutch, you know, in later innings, you know. So, I would, I would to me, if I was running the Mets, he'd be a pinch hitter, you know. But, you know, but, hey, I'm not running the Mets. So, 
Well, have the Mets gotten rid of Jose Reyes yet? No, Reyes is still there. And if <laughs> Reyes, is, Reyes is there, and Wright does magically come back because he, he, he did start to play in, in uh, single A, um, St. Lucie, not, not uh, the, 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 uh, the Cyclones, but the St. Lucie, uh, if he could keep it up and stay healthy and they don't release Reyes to make room for Wright, this would be the first time since 2011 that both of, both of the guys who were viewed as the future of the Mets uh, again with each other. So that'd be an interesting dynamic, even though Reyes, you know, the way he, as, you know, as much as I, I, you know, I love Reyes, you know, you know, been the president of the fan club, you know, he, he definitely at best should be a bench player. So, at best. So, I mean, this team, man, this team needs a lot of, needs a lot of help. So, we'll see what happens with that. Definitely. But, um, yeah, let's uh, shift gears. You know, we'll keep, we'll keep you guys posted if we find out something, you know, you know, as we go along. But uh, shifting gears, um, before we get to the the Jets and the Giants, uh, they announced that the Knicks and the they announced that the Knicks are going to be facing uh, Trey Young and the the Hawks um, to open up the season, and they're going to play a um, a Christmas game, even though this team is horrible. I think against the Pacers. Which is it against the Pacers? I thought it was the Milwaukee Bucks on Christmas. Uh, you you might be right. Let me double check. Okay. You might be right. Let me let me uh check. It was against the the Greek freak on Christmas Day. Uh, I think Bucks is the opening day. No wait, Bucks is an opening day. Bucks is. Let me double check. Maybe, maybe it is opening day. The opening day. One of the two. Bucks is Christmas Day. Yes. Okay. Bucks is Christmas Day. Uh, they're going to be opening against the Hawks and Trae Young on October 17th. Okay. Um, they're going to be facing the Thunder on Martin Luther King's Day, which is January 21. Uh, Nick's right. never played good on the, those days, generally speaking. And they're going to have 15 back-to-back, back-to-back games, which is more than any team in the league. Well, hopefully this season is more promising for Nick than last season because – once Porzingis got injured, you know, the season just went downhill from there. Absolutely. And uh, lastly, LeBron and Michael Beasley, the former Nick, who who believes that Le- uh, Lonzo Ball, um, you know, you know, he's he's a you know he, he he thinks you know people shouldn't sleep on him, you know, even though he had a, a mediocre year, eleven, eleven point seven rebounds and seven assists. But uh, LeBron and LeBron is going to be playing the Knicks um, at, at the Garden on October 26th, and then on January 4th, uh, they're going to be in LA against LeBron. So that's worth noting. Another Knicks news is that reportedly they're going to finally use their stretch exemption and release them. I think after September 1st, so that. They'll, they'll be only um, required to pay him seven million, and he'll be off the cap. Well, other than the seven, the seven million, 
And I just hope that uh, we can get Porzingis back as soon as possible. I mean, that's what the Knicks really need right now. Knicks need that superstar player, you know, that brings people to the games and, you know, makes you want to watch the game on TV every night. Absolutely. Uh, who knows where Porzingis, Porzingis might not even play this season, you know? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Because they expect them to play or come back around around the All-Star, All-Star uh, break. Maybe. And that's, that's being uh, very optimistic. Yeah. So in sports, you know, me being a, a sports fan who doesn't root for the game season, you know, I believe it when I see it, because everything I believe, everything I want to happen, usually doesn't happen. So, um, I believe it when I see it. If he comes back, and he, you know, and he, he's, you know, one hundred percent, because you know, coming back from a serious injury, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna, um, he's gonna need time to, to, you know, regain his form. I hope so. I hope he's able to come back this sometime this year. Yeah, I sure hope so. But most importantly, as long as he's healthy for uh, the the next following year, when they get all these these guys back, that's all that really matters. Yeah, definitely. You know, because uh, I want to see more of the younger players. You know, I want to see Nalakita develop more and you know get more minutes. You know, maybe even start. Um, you know, I want to see some of the younger guys play. Yeah, definitely. Most no, most doubt about it, and uh, that's what I like about uh, about uh, David uh, Fisdale. He looks like you know you're gonna earn your spot. You know he, you know what I mean you, you're gonna earn your spot. So yeah, the best players are gonna play. The the players who don't perform, unlike the Mets, they're gonna they're not gonna be able to they're gonna be able to play. They won't be on the team. So yeah, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. And uh, let me see what else was that that was gonna mention. Um, trying to think. Oh yeah, back. Okay, now. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the uh, the Giants and Jets. Uh, Jets on on the Jets side. Jets won their first game, uh, seventeen to nothing. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time they shut out anybody in preseason. So, congratulations to that. Even though I mean it's preseason, um, and and don't know he looked pretty well, you know, pretty good, you know. Um, he threw a touchdown pass, and uh, yeah, he looked he looked he looked poised on, on the on the field. Yeah, thirteen of eighteen, right? I think. Yeah, he yeah he was pretty accurate. Yeah. So yeah, he. And not to mention, he stayed in the game after he got spiked in the hand. So, showed a little grit there. Yeah. So, so that that was, um, you know, that that was a good sign to see that he he stayed in the game and it wasn't a serious injury. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he looked uh, very accurate, played very well. But you know, it is preseason, so let's not get too crazy. But you know, so far so good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else? Um, and then on the Giants side, you know, Giants fell uh, twenty to ten, but you know, 
you know, it was it was the debut of uh, Saquon Barkley. He rushed for uh, I think forty three uh, yards. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts? And, and uh, David Webb didn't look good uh, on the field. But uh, what's your thoughts? I know it's pre- it's pre- uh, it's you know the first preseason game, so people are a little rusty. Yeah, I mean the Barkley, uh, you know, he had that one run where he uh, broke out for uh, 39 yards, um, you know, on his first carry. I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, although he only finished, you know, with 14 yards after that, and he finished the game with 43 yards on five carries. But um, you know, you get you got you get a little taste of what's to come with him, um, you know, for the upcoming season, and uh, hopefully you'll see more of that, uh, you know. He'll get more carries, you know, get more yardage. Hopefully Giants use him more, you know, in different ways, you know. For, as a receiver, maybe they line him up, um, you know, that way he gets, a, you know, a, a lot of scrimmage, a lot of scrimmage yards. But I see them using him in a variety of different ways, and uh, he, he's, he's probably going to get the ball uh, more often than not, you know. Um, they're probably going to use uh, him and the other running backs more than they did last year, uh, although they have uh, Beckham back. And I think uh, you'll still see the running backs, you know, get the ball more than the wide receivers. So um, it, it's this season for the Giants, it's, a, you know, it, it's going to be a, a season uh, with a lot of questions. You know, how is Odell going to recover from his uh, injury from last year? You know, will he post his uh, superstar numbers again? How will Saquon do in his rookie year? How accurate will Eli be this year? How will the defense step up this year? How will the offense be? They have a new coach. How will the coach be? Now, how the coach manages and coaches players? So there's a lot of questions around the Giants this year, and you know we'll just have to find those answers when the season begins. But uh, as a Giants fan, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know one week, but most importantly, you know both both New York teams are healthy, and uh, you know hopefully they could they they could they could both stay healthy and uh, you know continue to showcase their talents. Yep. But um, switching over to um, WWE. Um, the biggest news that happened lately is that, um, you know, after, you know, Roman Reigns, uh, Roman Reigns defeated Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley to be the number one contender to face Brock Lesnar for the one millionth time in the past couple of years. Um, he, you know, um, basically he was going to have a showdown with Brock um, l- last week. And, uh, but, you know, he got kicked out of the arena by Kurt Angle and the constable Baron Corbin. As a result, uh, Paul Heyman, you know, was trying, was, uh, trying to convince Brock Lesnar, his client, to try to, um, appear on Raw. Brock Lesnar famously said that, you know, why would he be watching Raw? Which kind of shows the state of, kind of shows the state of Raw that not even the champion wants to see, see Raw. That's how, that's how bad Raw has been lately. Yeah. But, um, Very lackluster. 
Yeah. So that was that was a, a, a poor curse of words from a WWE scripting him to say that. And he probably does feel that way for real. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't blame him. <laughs> so basically, so basically, um, at the end of uh, last week, last week's Raw, um, Paul Heyman begging and pleaded with Kurt Angle to keep his job, and Kurt Angle was uh, throwing shade at uh, Brock Lesnar, saying he's the worst champion ever. You know he. He avoids challengers. He, you know, he he doesn't show up every every um every show. Which uh, Kurt Angle, in retrospect, Kurt Angle is being hypocritical because Kurt Angle was a chicken heel, you know, during his his heyday. But he did show up every week, you know. But um, but back to Brock Lesnar. And then the shocking thing is was was Paul Heyman agreeing with him, which obviously was a way to get Brock Lesnar to come out mm-hmm. to fulfill his obligation or else Paul Heyman would have got fired. And then after once uh, Brock Lesnar's music came out, then uh, Paul Heyman showed his true colors and started, you know, you know, smiling and grinning. And then Brock Lesnar shockingly F5 Kurt Angle, at, like if it was 2004 or something, <laughs> during their SmackDown rivalry, back in those days, which I didn't see that coming. And then afterwards, he Corbin ran away. That wasn't a surprise. And then, of course, since WWE was hinting that he was getting annoyed with, with Paul Heyman, I kind of saw, I kind of saw or foresaw that he was going to attack him, you know, in the ring. But it was still shocking to see him do it, you know, and then Paul Heyman was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You're choking me. You're choking me. That was a, a, a surprising, surprising scene to, to see, even though it has happened, like, as, in the aforementioned 2004 or 2002 to 2004, during Brock Lesnar's, uh, the next big shooting with Brock Lesnar, with, not with Brock Lesnar, with uh, Kurt Angle and the big show, you know, et cetera, John Cena, the word life John Cena during those times. So it was like a blast from the past, you, you, you know, him having a, you know, beef with Paul Heyman, because ever since he returned in 2012, they've been two, two peas in a pod, you know? Yeah. So, and, uh, ever since Bob Lesnar turned heel, even the first time before he left WWE, he's been with Heyman pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. And it was a perfect union, you know, between the two of them. You know, Brock Lesnar was the brawn and and Paul Heyman was, you know, the the mouthpiece and the brains of the operation. I mean, you know, and uh, it worked. You know, Paul, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar didn't have to speak. You know, he had his advocate, you know, you know, uh, speak for him and it worked out Mm -hmm. perfectly. Now it's a new dynamic with SummerSlam approach, and uh, you know now. Now the interesting thing is, it looks like Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar are no longer associates. So now the rumor is is that Paul Heyman is going to have a new one because at the end of the interview that he had this past Raw, 
he was saying the only way Roman Reigns could win is if, and then he walks off. So it looks like they're strongly teasing that Paul Heyman is going to side with with uh, with uh, Roman Reigns, and possibly this could be a heel turn for Roman Reigns. But then again, I'm thinking wow. if Paul Heyman sides with, with Roman Reigns, it wouldn't be a heel turn. It would actually be a face turn for Paul Heyman because yeah, Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar turned on him. It made Paul Heyman something that no one would ever foresee for the the twenty plus twenty thirty years of watching professional wrestling. Into a they turned Paul Heyman into a sympathetic figure because Brock Lesnar literally bit the hand that fed him all yeah. those all those decades. So, you know, if, oh, what were you gonna say? No, I, sorry, I was gonna say that you know I would love. If I was WWE creative, I would love to pair pair up Paul Heyman with Bobby Lashley. And have Bobby Lashley go heel and have Heyman manage him just like he did with Lesnar. You know, that, I think that would be a better idea than having him pair with Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Because Roman Reigns doesn't need him. Roman Reigns yeah. is already the big dog. You need a guy who's like, you need a guy who's like mid cards to be elevated to the top level. So I agree with you. Uh, the, the, the other rumor I'm hearing is that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Kevin Owens is going to somehow win the, the, the Money in the Bank briefcase match, and he will side with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman will be, he'll be the, wow. he'll be the Paul Heyman guy. I don't know if that's going to happen, because I can't force I can anybody. See happening. Huh? I can actually see that happening. You can? Yeah, I can see that happening. Well, I mean, they've been teasing it the past couple of weeks, which would be, it wouldn't make any sense because they've been teasing basically the only way he could beat him is by getting a ring out, which in that case, if it, if it does happen on SummerSlam, uh, I think that's on the 19th, if my memory served me right, um, he would lose. He would win the title. He would win the uh, the briefcase because any 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 all the other um, pinfalls and decisions will go inside Kevin Owens' favor and not the champion. Well, well actually, you know, the, the the briefcase holder. Right. So that would be the only logical way that he would win. You know, if. If he has some outside interference or he gets him to be counted out, that's the only way legitimately Braun Strowman would win. And I, I think WWE is just toying with us with the possibility because WWE likes to tease heel turns and, and you know, stuff that people want to see, like Brock Lesnar versus um, um, Lesnar, Bobby Lashley versus Lesnar. And obviously those stuff don't happen. And as a result, we never see dream matches like Rock versus Shawn Michaels or, or even most recently Sting versus Undertaker because they don't give the people what they want. They just force feed whatever they want the fans to to take and accept. So, yeah, I don't know. What if this is all just uh, a, a setup by, uh, by 
Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Wasn't there just trying to set up Roman Reigns? Yeah, that's that's the rumor. That's another rumor, too, that maybe Brock Lesnar won't leave, and maybe he will fulfill his dream as being the UFC and WWE champion and leave with the title. CM Punk left with the title a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, reportedly, I don't know if you heard, CM Punk is getting sued by his former uh, close friend, uh, uh, Cole Cabana, you know, the guy he did the interview with uh, a few years ago after he got fired or left uh, WWE. According to him, CM Punk, he was fired by WWE. According to WWE, CM Punk left WWE. So there's like two sides of the story. Wow. So they they briefly joined forces to to um, go against WWE and the, their doctor who uh, CM Punk claimed, you know, made him wrestle even though he was severely injured. And he uh, he won that he won his dispute against WWE, and now uh, Colt Cabana is you know gonna sue him. So yeah, some of the things. CM Punk, or I'll say this, CM Punk, he's had, um, I don't know, he, he, some of the things that he says sometimes are not credible. So I can believe that he did leave WWE because there are times that he, uh, you know, he was complaining uh, and making demands backstage where WWE had to fulfill some of his demands and complaints. You know, especially that time where, he complained about wanting to be champion, and then WWE finally gave him the championship after his demands and complaints. So, I mean, WWE did babysit CM Punk a little bit while he was there. So, I wouldn't be surprised if CM Punk did leave WWE. Um, yeah, and apparently, reportedly that 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 Royal Rumble match, apparently he was PO'd and he left. You know, like right after that, he hasn't been seen ever since there in the ring. So that's what made a lot of people believe he was he he quit. You know what I'm saying? So right. I don't know. So apparent according to him, he was on his honeymoon or about to get married. I can't remember uh, what he said, but then uh, he was served his his termination papers apparently. Hmm. But um, yeah, I don't think we'll ever see CM Punk inside a WWE ring ever. So. You yeah. know, it is what it is, man. But, yeah, uh, one more thing about the CM Punk thing is that, you know, he was the champion, but he they did treat him like a second-class citizen to John Cena. Like, he was the champion, but he wasn't main eventing the, the pay-per-view events. I mean, unless if he was fighting John Cena. When he had that that epic match with, match with John Cena, and uh, he did the uh, power driver, which is a move that's, Banned, with the exception to Undertaker and Kane, because you know they were grandfathered in with the with those moves, so they were able to do it. Yeah, but no, I, I just I disagree with that notion that he was second class citizen. I mean, that, he held that title for a year. Well, yeah, a year. Now, you now know, like, taking, now his record is taken away from Brock Lesnar, who only defended the title ten times. Well, now it's going to be eleven times. With this upcoming Survivor Series, I mean SummerSlam. Yeah, well, I mean, and Sayon Punk had some great matches also during, during you know, the during the, you know his reign. But I I think CM Punk was tough to deal with 
backstage, you know, especially with things I've heard, you know, the, in the in you know some of the online stuff. But who knows? Yeah, he he definitely had heat backstage, no doubt about that. But um, uh, you know, uh, you have anything you'd like to say quickly? Uh, just check out my show IMAC here uh, coming up at midnight, and uh, come back here check out Sports of a Legend. Uh, East side is eleven. I uh, let me see what 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 happened this week. I'm trying to think what happened this week quickly before uh, I head off because uh, next week hopefully we're gonna try to do a um Sur- SummerSlam preview show. But uh, I'm trying to think what did anything major happen? I, I know Charlotte qualified and made it a triple threat match for the the women's title against Charlotte. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else major that happened on Raw or SmackDown that. Well, uh, well, it's official. Miz is going to face Daniel Bryan uh, at SummerSlam. So that year, that many years long uh, feud that they had, even dating back to Daniel Bryan's NXT days, uh, you know, they're finally going to um, they're finally going to battle it out, especially for the first time since their uh, since his uh, his return. You know, that should, from, that uh, should be good. Career, career end, for a career, you know, career ending injury at that time. So that's going to be awesome. But, um, you know, I want to thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. Thank and, you. And I want to thank you, you, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of Sports of the Legend. I'm William Ramon, and I'll see you guys hopefully next week with the Survivor Series uh, preview. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.